0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the True Faith Podcast. Um, this is your host today, Ben Wade. Um, we're here to uh, just discuss the 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 aftermath of, of a defeat at Brighton at home and and Newcastle United's fifth successive defeat at home this season I'm joined by Adam um, we're the only two that that could face I up. do <laughs> um, so
2: <laughs> everyone's uh, drowning their sorrows
1: somewhere <laughs> so, so I think some people are just drowning um, but rocking backwards and forwards in the shower yeah, probably <laughs> I've I've managed to drag myself out of mine but. Uh, uh, so I think we'll just just dive straight in. Um, Adam, sort of your, your initial thoughts, how how bad a defeat was that?
2: I think for the magnitude of, 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 of what it, it's basically what it represented, wasn't it? We'd, we, we, we'd lost against a lot of teams that we probably expected to lose against, um, a lot of teams that have played in the Champions League over the last three seasons, that included Leicester. Um, we've had a couple of draws that away from home for example we we got very unlucky against Manchester United and this seemed to be like right Brighton should be a winnable game let's get into them and we started really really well didn't we Ben like that, that, that op- the opening 15 minutes before the Glenn Murray injury and, and, and obviously very pleased he got out of hospital so quickly afterwards uh, which is very good news but how, did you feel that like that early momentum that we had was just kind of Killed a bit by uh, by that the, the, the elongated break for, for the Glen Murray injury.
1: I, d- I don't know it's it's difficult to say because th- th- we still created chances after that as well. I mean I think we what what we saw very quickly was that that we we were the, the or had the opportunity to be the dominant side there. And I mean obviously the um, we we had most of most of the ball for for the, the majority of the game, and we were the team that was that was forcing the issue. I think that was the, the encouraging thing that I thought that we've not done in the past against those types of teams the the Brightons and the Huddersfield since we've all come up to the Premier League they've all been very cagey fairs neither team really wanting to, to take take it to the other team um, and, and they've all been really um, sort of dire games to be honest uh, very very poor to watch and, and not really any quality on show I thought we showed the initiative yesterday uh, we were the ones um, dictating the play moving the ball around sort of Look, looking to create create chances, and and Brighton were literally just in there, just just to sort of hang about, and and I mean from, from minute one they were they were slowing slowing the ball down, trying to slow the game down, and I think that although obviously we had the injury time at the end of the half, that you, you're probably right in terms of it did just allow them to to sort of settle a bit, and um, I mean the, the 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 big chance really was the Perez one. If, if we score that, I mean that that. It's it's a good save from the keeper, but it's it's a, it's a real poor effort. He's, he's got to be going across the. I,
2: I wonder with well, that was it. I wondered whether Perez purposely went for the side that you wouldn't expect him to go for. He tried to double bluff. I do not know if he tried to double bluff the yeah, keeper yeah. because the keep everyone would be thinking drive across, whereas he didn't. And
1: yeah, I I, I take your point. He has that's probably what he's thinking they're doing. But when you look at where the, the keeper's position wasn't, I mean we could see it. Really clearly where we were from. Um, I mean, especially with those types of shots where it's the ball's going across goal, so the keeper's having a, a, his momentum's going that way. It, it just it just plays into his hands. It would have been a much diffi- more difficult save with his momentum going to the left for him to then have to sort of shift back to the right, and, and that's where all the space was in the goal. And it, um, I, I just it, think you're it, right, and that's and that's where
2: that's where all stra- oh, that's where all young uh, Footballers, I told the striker ball, isn't it? across across the keeper because that is the most difficult. So I just, but I just wonder if he was trying to be too cute, um, or whether he just shot very much off target for where he <laughs> from where he kind of uh, intended to put it.
1: I mean, what it what it what it does what it does highlight is it it, it just shows you that's the strike of a so <laughs> someone that hasn't been banging in goals so far and and he maybe snatched it and it, it was a, a hell of a chance, but it. He, maybe he's had a bit too long to, to think about it, and as you say, the double. Block, if it was an instinctive strike, he probably would have hit it across goal. Whereas he he, he probably has he's, he's had a bit of time on it, and he, he's probably thought, well, because of that sort of the, the 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 split second, so it wasn't a split second decision. He's, he's had a bit of chance to pick his spot, and, and yeah, maybe maybe he has thought too much about it. But I mean, I think it, it that. That was such a moment, sort of a massive uh, moment in the game because if if we take that lead, there was absolutely no chance that Brighton team. The way they'd set up, the way they came to play, there was no way they were they were they were coming back into that game.
2: No, no, I, I fully agree, and you're right in terms of there was a, you know it was very obvious very early on that we were going to have a chance to dominate in, in a home game in a way that we haven't been able to do since last season. Um, sixty eight percent possession we had yesterday, and that 's probably our highest in a long long time even even looking at the, uh, the, the you know the good results that we got at the back end of last season you 're probably looking at the likes of the you know the, the Southampton game where we might have sort of had as much possession as we did and possibly others, but we, we played again last season, mostly on the counter attack, so mm. maybe we, were, we weren't as used to having that control, and yeah. you know a lot a lot of people. A lot of people are quest- have questioned Rafa Benitez's tactics uh, They did against Manchester United, um, and that they, they, they certainly did it yesterday. What were your thoughts, Ben, on his tactics? Did he get it right? Did he get it wrong?
1: I I, the, I think a lot a lot of it's been made made um, made of because of the the results. I mean, in terms of the. The way we set the team out, it's no different to any other week. We we played the the four four two with with sort of two number tens as we did against Manchester that that worked brilliantly in the first half, and I don't see why you would it would be madness to then bring Hossley. I mean, imagine if he'd have picked Hossley yesterday, what the backlash would have been to start after after that that first forty five against Manu and and sort of how ineffective Hossley's been at times. That it, it, it would have been absolute madness. So it's just people setting guessing things again, saying, "Oh." He, he, the, and this, the big thing it highlights is, is there's no other options. What what changes could he have done there? You talk about the tactics as well. Obviously, in, in terms of the in, the in game, I mean, the the disappointing thing for me was that we we played completely into Brighton's hands by constantly going down wide, what down the wings, whipping balls in, and it was just getting headed away by their their six foot sort of three or four defenders, whatever, to, and and trying to. It was going to have to be the perfect cross to find. um or, yeah, or I,
2: agree, I I I agree that by that point because I don't think because Muto has that pace to play off the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, like Mike Lone used to do in his in his in his pump, like like Craig Bellamy used to do, like Gail did. It just um so we didn't I don't against the sort of like big no nonsense immobile centre defenders that they have to to like you, like you say slip in Muto and use his pace in behind
1: the The problem with that is, is they 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 were they weren't pushing up. They they were playing deep. There wasn't yeah. the space in behind any ball. There was a few balls that went through, and and the keeper sort of came in and sort of took care of them. So there, there wasn't really the option there. So I I understand. You're right. I understand the the difficulty of it that we were stuck with what we had. But what we needed to do was was play through the centre more. And when we did that, there was opportunities. I mean, there's a chance where. Shelvy went went through and um, beat a couple of players. showed some really nice skill. Um, I think it led to the to the he had a shot and, and Muto headed one over the bar. Um, Kennedy had a, a couple of really um, sort of da- dangerous runs in, in the middle. And, and when we were running through the the sort of the, the the heart of them, we were causing them issues. What we what we did far too much though was just relied played played it easy down the wing, which is where what they were trying trying to challenge that way and then whipping balls in where it was just getting headed and that's the frustrating thing for me was that we we played into that trap almost we 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 didn't um, react well enough and and we I suppose it's more down to the players rather than Rafa the players couldn't work out that that wasn't an effective way of attacking it it was it was almost too easy to get crosses in yesterday because they wanted us to do that and and we kept falling for that same trap and as I say if if we'd have just been a bit more um, creative and, and a bit more patient in terms of sort of get 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 things going through the middle um then then we could have probably caused him some issues however, I think the big the big issue for me I, I I had yesterday was Perez was so ineffectual in that number ten role um for for me that that made it very difficult for us now. It might have been the fact that nobody was playing the ball into him in the um but i just i don't think he was working hard enough to 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 get get sort of get into space and and received the ball into him what What did you think of that?
2: Yeah yeah I, I agree with you about Jose I think he was not performing to his potential absolutely and I think as much as I think they you mentioned about the crosses in the box and stuff like that I think as much as they wanted that to happen I think we looked more di- really dangerous when we were kind of peppering them and we there was a few spells where we just peppered and there, where the ball was like a pinball in the, in the box and do you know what it is it was so lucky that it kept landing with their feet to clear because it could so... Eat, it, it's, it's just Flip a coin, it could land at one of our players and they've got to tap in the way it was bobbling around. But I think, I think you're right about Perez. And, and, and ultimately, I think nobody matched the performance levels of Shelby and Kennedy yesterday. And because of that, I felt that the rest of the team weren't on the same... They, they were out of sync with Perez and Shelby because they were trying to just create things out of nothing. And I, I, I just don't think they had that support from the rest of the side. Yeah, but then I, you look I, at the you look well, you look at the bench and you think, well, we don't have a game changer on there. Yeah, we, Hossolu, Murphy, Atsu, with the greatest respect to the three of them, there's not a game changer in there. So there's people saying, oh ours tactics, Rafa's tactics, and ours oh, substitutions. Like, well, the, the, maybe you could have brought off Perros instead of Muto, but maybe Muto came off because. He trusts Perez more because he's known him for years. Maybe Muto came off because he, it's only his second start, and he and Rafa doesn't think he can keep up the intensity that he requires for the full ninety. And maybe he keeps he, he takes Muto off because um, he, he he didn't he didn't do as much in the second half as he did in the first half. So that, I mean, there's loads of reasons that there's loads of reasons for and against that substitution, for example. And maybe he didn't make any other subs is because. He probably trusted the the, the starting eleven. It it kind of just it, for me it epitomised that we absolutely don't have a squad. We have a first team, and that's well, pretty much it.
1: I'll, I'll come to you then just just on that because I think that brings me nicely on on the the of Rafa Benitez. Um, now obviously there's been a lot of lot of things said on social media about um, the uh, well about the tactics about the the, the team. The lack of changes and things like that, and and I suppose as well that there's obviously always that overhanging um, concern of of the players that we've let go. Um, give me your thoughts on on those three aspects.
2: For me, tactically, yesterday I don't know what more the manager can do. And and yes, maybe there are tweaks that, that he could have them having thirty shots on target or whatever, so like thirty shots in a game, but like. He had 20, he, he, his tactics yielded 27 shots in a game which is the most we've had all season if people were complaining about him being too negative in other games we absolutely didn't do that yesterday as you mentioned earlier Ben we went for it we went for them right from the off and they were rattled early doors they really really were we had 27 attempts only 6 on targets 22% that's that's poor and it gets to the point where it's not Rafa Benitez's fault that Hosseli comes on and hits a shot that hits the corner flag. That's not down to tactics. That's down to the quality of play that he has. Whose fault is it that we have the quality of play that he... Oh, well, they're all Rafa signings. He sanctioned them all. I, I definitely signed them. He, he, he definitely has his first choice um, squad of, of, of footballers in the world right now. Definitely. Can I just, can I just you know jump in mean?
1: quickly there, though? Can I just quickly just come back on there? So, I of course you sh- can. One of the the complaints then is is obviously we've let Gale and uh, Mitrovic go in the summer. Um, now he okay yeah I, I don't I'm not denying that there's obviously other other issues in play. But do you re, do you where do you stand on um, on the fact that we've we've only got sort of is as the striker? Do you think was was that a mistake by Rafa to, to leave the squad that sort of thin and obviously. He's, He's, he swapped Gale for Rondon who then has come in and, and, and isn't fit enough to play um, do you think Rafa should be apportioned any blame in, in terms of the, the dealings over the summer or um, do you just think we've been a bit unlucky in the fact that, that Rondon's not, not been fit enough to, to play enough
2: OK a few things so Muto was the Dwight Gale replacement I appreciate that, that that they did that Gale and Rondon swapped together but ultimately Rondon's Dimitrovic replacement Gale Zimuto replacement I still think we needed An extra striker And I still believe That we wouldn't have let Mitrovic go If Rafa knew He was getting Zero pennies Zero pounds From that Mitrovic deal I believe that I might be wrong That's what I believe When it comes to Rondon Again Rafa's pick Yes Rafa's pick Under the circumstances If Rafa was given An 80 million pound budget Like McLaren was A few years ago I promise you I promise you, Salomon Rondon would not be the number one striker on his, on his, on his shortlist. He wouldn't, okay? Also, why is Rondon injured now? Why is he not fit? It's because he didn't have a proper pre-season. Why? Because Newcastle dick about in the transfer market. Rafa Benitez spends a lot of work and a lot of time a lot of effort. You know, he works, he works all weekend. He works evenings. He's He's obsessed. He's obsessed.
1: He Imagine the other time he's getting.
2: I know, <laughs> yeah. So I, hope he's, he's he, he... I hope he's claiming for it.
1: I hope he's claiming for it.
2: I like it. T- toil, all right. Basically, <laughs> he'll line up all the deals and he would have lined that Rondon deal probably before the World Cup fairly confident of that but then what happens because Rafa Benitez doesn't have autonomy and and, and the problem with Mike Ashley Rafa Benitez right it's not just that Rafa doesn't get enough money to spend it's it's that he can't spend the money that is available the way he wants it without having to get approval from the that's not autonomy that's not what he was promised so he's been lied to then he's been misled and he's being undermined by that regime and that hierarchy so if Rondon comes in at the time that Rafa Benitez wants him to come in he comes in before the World Cup, and he gets to he gets weeks with him. He gets weeks with them. Instead, what happened, Ben? He came in right at the end of the summer, didn't he? And he hasn't had a pre-season because he was sort of in out in out with Wasprom Is it on? Is it off? It unsettles him, and he's and, he, and he's and he's not fit, and he's not it's- fit. And that's because that's because the club doesn't allow Rafa Benitez to do what he does best. He's a fucking expert in this kind of stuff. He knows what he wants. And he's having to work without being, ever being given a transfer budget. He has never been given one since he joined Newcastle. So you could say it's a mistake. I'd say Rafa Padillas has been blindsided. And he, he lines up deals that the club um and are over. Case in point, Willie Caballero. Case in point, Tammy Abraham. And we don't get the players that we probably otherwise would. If the if if the club were um, proactive enough and efficient to get these deals done in a reasonable amount of time, I can't imagine another Premier League club dragging their heels over deals. Then, and it's not like Rafa Benitez is asking for fifty million pound strikers. I, I I don't understand it. Yeah. The problem is with how the club goes about the business, and that affects Rafa. That affects the players, and now it's beginning to, to creep into the crowds and affect the the fans as well.
1: Yeah. No, I think you have said that spot on there. I mean, I think that that that's the issue, isn't it? And I think you you hear. It. I mean, it is interesting. I people go on about. Uh, we were walking out of the ground yesterday, and I heard people talking about Mitrovic and and saying um, what what's even worse is obviously he's he's gone to another club and, and he's scoring goals. And and you even hear it in the media, sort of people banging on about Mitrovic's goal record. Bear in mind, Fulham got beat off Cardiff four two yesterday. Um, yeah. So a lot of good that's doing them. Um, but it's just like it, it is it, you, you spot and on. it's one of those things Mitrovic I, I always thought um, could have been a, a, a quality player for us and I, I think he would have scored goals it's, it's an, undeniable that he would have been a better option than Hossoli. Um however Rafa didn't fancy him now if Rafa doesn't fancy him what's the point of having Mitrovic at, at the club Sitting on the bench, the, the, there's no point. We've, we've got 25 million for him, so okay, that that might be a mistake. But at the same time, a mistake would have been to to withhold that player, to keep keep him on the bench and, and not utilise him if he doesn't fit into Rafa's thinking. Then then it's it's a waste. So people keep saying, "Oh, Rafa, Rafa should be." He, he made a mistake there, but if 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 Mitrovic doesn't fit into the way Rafa wants to play, then then is it really a mistake where Rafa didn't sign him? He he was a player that he inherited, so. Um, Again, I think it's it's one of those where it'll, it'll linger on and it'll always be there in the back of people's minds and they'll say, oh, we should, we, should still say, have, like- we should still have Mitrovic. But he, it, when we did have him, he he, he was ineffective for un, under Rafa playing playing the way he did. Now, that's whether you you might not like the way Rafa plays in terms of that he doesn't utilise the strengths of Mitrovic, but um, you, you can't argue with, with the results that we've got playing um Playing the way Rafa plays, because we we got tenth last season, and and we've we've been in all of the games this season so far. With there's, there's not many games where we've we've been completely um, and utterly outplayed and, and dominated. And, and you look at the teams we've played, they they should have have, have been absolutely de- destroying us based on the the sort of the, the players on the pitch. So, um, it's it's. No, really I totally agree
2: with you, Ben. Totally agree with you. I, 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 you're right. We haven't been completely dicked over, and you know he's a defense. He's very very. He's a very, very high-quality defensive coach. Um, and had we not had a defensive coach here, and imagine we had like a, a Marco Silva, and even like Jekanovic, like I like was talking about Fulham, you know, they're very top-heavy, and they'll the leak goals at the back, and they will continue to do so because they didn't strengthen. They've got, they've got Tim Ream playing uh, centre-back. Tim Ream, <laughs> right? To put it into context, do you remember when Ben Arthur scored that goal against Bolton? When he just sort of he did that turn, he yeah, did that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. turn on the, on the on the halfway line. I was there, and he ran through. Tim Ream was one of the, the defenders where he, he went past just at over. the very end, just before <laughs> he started. Yeah, yeah. So Tim, that's how long Tim Ream's been about, and Tim Ream's been playing in the championship, and Tim Ream is not a very good player. I was going like, to say,
1: he he was at Fulham when, when they were absolutely dire, and and Leeds before that when they were
2: absolutely dire. So yeah, you spot on with that. So uh, th- th- there, I mean. Uh, Three other teams before us in Premier League history have lost their first five games, five home games of the season, and not uh, then gone on to be relegated. Sorry, so they've all gone on. To, they've all gone on to be relegated. So we're potentially the fourth. But I, I, the way that the Premier League has been the last two seasons, the, the, it's so tight. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Is as, as much and this might be a controversial thing to say I don't think there's as much of a panic as there could be right we've got nine fixtures forthcoming now which we might be the thing is if we have 27 shots against the next nine teams we play we'll probably win a few of them do you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. I don't think we played that badly yesterday we, 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 we in terms of how we you know our defence was pretty solid they got a corner that they shouldn't have done that was poor officiating and yes I think Perez should have blocked the izquierdo shot you can't legislate for coming off the back heel of a player who didn't even know he'd scored himself. Yeah, And that they had two counter-attack, goals, uh, in the, uh, sorry, counter-attack chances in the second half where you know one lobbed over and then one dumb it made a really good challenge. Yeah, I was so going to say, they, that, were right. they were right they at didn't, the end as well, weren't they? They didn't threaten. So in terms of defensively, we looked pretty solid for the majority of the 90 minutes and we peppered them and dominated possession. So I think tactically you replay that same game over and over and over and over, nine times out of ten we'll win it or get a draw. Yeah. Like I, 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 I don't know what more, Rafa Benitez can't legislate for the linesman not being able to see that it came off Solly March and not Paul Dummett mm-hmm. for their corner. Like, he, he can't legislate for that. He can legislate for maybe um, where we position our players and why did Perez leave izquierdo You know, and I'm not blaming Perez f- for that in, per se, but, but I'm just kind of saying that in terms of, like tactically, defensively and attacking and control and possession yesterday, I'm not sure what more Benitez could have done as a manager on the sidelines without actually getting on the, the the pitch and kicking the ball himself. Yeah, and that's that's where the main criticism seems to come from. After Crystal Palace, we only had six shots, three on target. They were they were there for the take, and we didn't we didn't we didn't look we looked so blunt in that game i would much i would i would much more understand criticism after that game than i would against brighton
1: yeah now i think and, and that's it I, I think um that's the issue isn't it is that we we we've, we've actually played probably one of our better games in terms of the the we've, we've created more chances let's put it that way in, in that game than we have in and most others and yet this is probably the one where we've, there's been more criticism and I think in terms of the, the reaction in, at the game from, from the crowd and things like that obviously it would, it was a very frustrated um, crowd obviously we, we we shot ourselves in the foot really they've come in and I mean they say they've done a job on where have they done it I mean they, they they it was an absolute disgrace the way they approached the game coming from minute one as I said the keeper with every opportunity he had the ball he took about a minute each time to to clear the ball and then 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 I don't blame them
2: I don't blame them for doing that I blame I blame Andre Mariner for not for like basically for enabling them to do that like Matt Ryan was taking like you say a minute for every single goal kick and if he's (laughs) getting away with it and not even getting talked to would not even get a yellow card then of course he's just going to keep doing it because like we would Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We would do the same thing. So I I don't think the referee was very good in sort of controlling that aspect of it. And Rafa was going mental on the touchline, kept pointing to his watch and sort of like, you know, he was furious, but they kept doing it, they kept doing it. But, you know, the referee allowed it to happen, which was very disappointing. I mean, mean, he's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, I I, I thought that was poor. What, What I was going to ask you there, Ben, is you mentioned about the crowd. Now, I don't know what it was like where you were, But I found that even in the first half, right, after that really good opening 15 minutes or whatever, after that, and certainly after they went a goal up, that our fans were doing that awful thing, certainly around me in the East Stand. You can say what you want about East Stand, but that's my experience of it, that every time we... There wasn't a forward ball on, so, say, Shelby or ourselves or whoever would pass the ball backwards or sideways to retain possession to then start again and start up a move again. But everyone was doing that awful thing of, oh, and groaning every time there was a, oh, backwards pass. It's just like, well, what do you want, mate? Do you, do you want us to lump it forward and lose possession and then for them to come at us? Like, they're not a threat when, they're not in, when they don't have the ball. They can't score if they don't have the ball. So is it not better? And I, and I got the point, actually, that Shelby, during the match... Turned around to somebody in the East Stand who'd obviously just groaned at him, like, without, like, oh, for fuck's sake, don't pass it backwards or whatever. And he turned around and went, shut up. And, and for me, I mean, as much as I don't agree with how he expressed himself there, Shelf, and he needed to be focusing 100% on the game and being a lot more professional. Like, he's got a point. Why are our own fans in the first half, after we've had loads of chances and we're playing quite well, getting on our players' backs so early and like that? and it's not helpful it's not like you gave the ball away either we kept yeah. possession yeah that, that, that was enough for some people to groan and once that seeps in I, I just think our crowd didn't help yesterday and it played right in the Brighton's hands and what we need to do is be smarter as a, as a fan base let's create an intimidating atmosphere let's, let's make them panic let's shake them up let's make them feel like they're under you know it's like they're in a pressure cooker like with the noise and the fact that we're attacking constantly, like something will give. The mentality—it tests mental strength. That what we didn't do is we didn't get behind. We, we we started attacking our own players. So what? So so Brighton had it easy in the end because they didn't. The atmosphere—they were just like this is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and they could hear all the Brighton fans because they were they were louder than a very flat crowd who were just. Sign, tutting, groaning, and getting pissed off. It's just like encouragement.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of the most frustrating things I find with with St James's Park. At times, is is they we we do we do ourselves no favors. And you're completely right. I mean, I don't think it was the the atmosphere wasn't that bad in the first half. I think it was probably towards the second half. It was was frustration was kicking in. But you're completely right in terms of. The, the the atmosphere is going to have a massive impact on the pitch. You know, like you've and the, and the players have said it before. They've said when when Newcastle when St James's Park is rocking and the, the fans are behind them. And I mean, think of the atmospheres we had at some of the games last season. It, it, it yeah. there's no doubt that it had a positive impact on the team. No doubt. Yet you've still though. got the the people in the crowd. That the second things turn nasty, or oh sorry, well the second things don't go our way, they turn nasty, and you, you've got people. Calling out players and and getting on players' backs, and you just think, what is the point? Like it's it's idiotic, and, and and the worst thing about it is, is that everybody in football knows about it. How many times do you hear opposing fans come to St James' Park and say, "Keep the quiet, the the the, the crowd quiet for 10-15 minutes." Um, see through sort of the initial sort of attack. Don't let the crowd get on their side, and and then and then it becomes a far easier game because they'll get on the players' backs and. It it's just it's embarrassing it's, it's frustrating that we we thought we, we do that it's the, the idiots that that jump on on the backs of players so quickly and that's the thing I get that things are frustrating and I mean I, I was frustrated towards towards the end of the game there were some decisions made from the players that weren't was wasn't good enough and and there were some frustrating things that I mentioned Perez's performance and things like that there was a lot to be unhappy about but don't do that like so early in the game. It's this is a time and a place to to sort of voice your displeasure. For for two, it was far too early in the game where where there was that the, sort of the, the groans from the crowd and and really that game there was still there was plenty of time in that game to get um to to get things going and even like the 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 free kick I think we got the when we had the the free kick Kennedy one where Shelby the keeper makes a brilliant save from a free kick from Shelby. Um, there yeah. was a there was a little bit of a like almost a rallying and it, it was a, the Newcastle song came out and there seemed to be a lot of noise and then literally within ten seconds we'd, we've uh, we've wow. we've lost the ball and and it's gone and it's it's just I, I can understand the frustration from the players because it it would do my head in that they it is just it's fickle it's like so quick to turn on things when. Um, when it, when we've it doesn't played worse. Go we've
2: played far, 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 far worse this season at home than that yeah. game yesterday. Yeah, we've played far worse. Yet yeah. they decided that game, the winnable game. That's start. It's not yeah. like I don't empath. I, of course, I, I, you know I feel the frustration and the anger as well. I, I understand why people are doing that, but by doing that and 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 and, and vocalizing that so early in the game cost, it, it, it doesn't didn't completely cost us but it really hampered us and and, and it, the the think of the confidence throughout the team when everyone's getting pelted and you haven't even lost the ball you've pa- mm-hmm. you've passed to another one of your players who was 20 yards behind you and everyone's jumping on your back it's like jesus if as if it wasn't being billed as a must win beforehand imagine how nervous they would have been in that second half like without without the the Newcastle fans getting right behind them and encouraging them instead mm-hmm. They were, they were just yeah, people shouting at them,
1: them and berating yeah. them. We, I think, I think the crowd definitely shot. We, we shot ourselves in the foot in terms of the way, um, uh, the way the atmosphere was. We, we, we didn't. We, we, sh- we could have had an impact in that game, and we didn't. And I think that's that's one where the. the the fans need to sort of have a look at themselves and yes I get I mean the other, the other mental thing was though like there was there was even sort of anti-Ashley chance trying to get going in, in in block V and and there was just no no reaction whereas obviously we've had reaction in other games again there wasn't even the anger against like the owner it was just a, a strange strange atmosphere it's, it was almost it, it, it was almost as if yeah. things have, have turned like, sort of away from being anti-Ashley and that yesterday it just felt like that was Criticism of the players and the manager, rather than than the ownership, which is again. It's because is, it's bizarre. too difficult.
2: It's too difficult just to get rid of Mike Ashley. That it requires effort, and I think apathy and resignation set in yesterday with the fans. Um, it's certainly for me in the in, in the second half. I was kind of watching. I didn't. I barely shouted anything. I was just watching yeah, it. Just same. having it, it was in the same way that I knew what was going to happen when Matter scored against us at Old Trafford. I knew that they'd. I knew that they'd get the third goal after he scored one. And I kinda knew that we weren't ever gonna score. It got to the point where you, you knew what you knew it just wasn't gonna happen. And it's 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 awful. And it's it's very, very difficult being a Newcastle fan at the minute. And I tell you what, all those people saying Rafa out and Rafa's tactics and Rafa's subs and all this, that just you're just playing into Mike Ashley's hands. That's exactly that's exactly the PR. And the and the and the social media commentary that Mike Ashley wants, and we're giving it to him. Yeah,
1: spot on. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say on it really. Have you got anything else you want to discuss?
2: No, I mean we go we go away to Southampton next. They are not a very good team at the minute. I think we play like we did then, and if Shelby and Kennedy. Maintain their performance levels like they did, and I th- thought they were both excellent yesterday. Fernandez as well, I thought was, uh, was 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 pretty damn good as well. But I think if we have those players turning up against uh, Southampton, I think we might be able to nick, nick a win. I really do. Like we we won't probably have the possession that we had there, but I think we can create enough good chances. and, and get, get something. I think it's getting a point where we we need to, you know. Yeah.
1: It hopefully as well. It, it obviously it's a so they'll they'll hopefully not have, have the boo boys out getting on their, their backs and um you're right in terms of I mean that remember this this is a very similar South team that came to St James's Park last season and got absolutely destroyed three nil. Um in probably one of the easiest games we we played last season. So um there's there's potential there for it to be um, a really good opportunity for for the lads to to go and finally get the first two points of the season we need uh, to win a game soon um, without a doubt um Southampton. Have, have been poor and, and obviously they've got a draw against Bournemouth away from home yesterday, so um, they're not they're they're not sort of playing any they're, they're not pulling up any trees and, and playing any sort of decent football at the minute. So it, it is a massive opportunity. Um, you're right. There, I mean, I feel I've been very very depressing in in this podcast, and I guess that's just how we feel. But I, I it's think, it's, right, it's the reality, reality mate. Yeah, there was there was, a, there, was a, there were a few positives, as you say, Kennedy did some really good stuff, he did some not so great stuff but that's the type of player he is we, we need to encourage him to keep trying those things and some things came off, some things didn't but I'd much rather him be trying and it not coming off than, than not trying because we rely on him him to be a creative spark, I think we need a hell of a lot more from Matt Ritchie, I mean he got in the box a couple of times missed a couple of headers yesterday um, but again him and Yedlin need to work better as a partnership in terms of an attacking threat for us, we need, we need more of them but they, they were getting opportunities I suppose that was a positive and, and, and Shelby again everything um, every time he he was on the ball he, he was looking to do things and I think providing we've got players that are willing to try things they shouldn't be called out for, for trying that because if if we didn't have those players imagine what I mean if, if we had a, a, a midfield of, of say callback in Hayden for example I remember one of the games um, the, the season <laughs> we went down who literally just played the ball sideways sideways and, and backwards and um, sorry it wasn't uh, Hayden it was uh, Nita, wasn't it I think um, we need we're so lucky to have a John Joe Shelby in the team that we'll actually try yeah. and, and pick, pick players out and, and look forward because we know we've had four worse in the past so we shouldn't get on these players backs when they try something that doesn't come off um, on Southampton it's a massive opportunity we're, we can we can win that game so let's go and do it Adam um, I think we'll call it there thank you for yeah. coming on with us um, no worries thanks Ben Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll be speaking after a, a Southampton win, and we'll be in much more buoyant mood with more people to come and talk to. Her. Um, but ben, we'll leave let's it there.
2: let's let's back the manager and let's back the players.
1: 100. percent This has been the True Faith uh, Weekly Podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, keep an eye out for um, if you're pod, if you're a patron uh, member, uh, there'll be quite a few shows coming out throughout the week, uh, including the preview and things like that. So keep an eye out for them.